I'm down to about, uh, I don't know, I'd say roughly 90% hearing loss out of my right ear. It's not like a bad thing or anything like that. I've never really used both ears to my awareness anyways. So maybe I'm just developing a second sense, leveraging my left ear to hear, leveraging my right ear to, I don't know, maybe I'm developing something new, a sense of energy or something around that. I like to spin things a little bit. So anyways, I'm kind of tired today. My dad woke me up at about 7.15 this morning. He gets up earlier, so I'm going to have to... I ended up going to sleep at about 12.15 last night. So most of today, I ended up doing more modifications and everything, and just imagining this world more and more and more. It's just really fun. You know, it's like... um. I don't know how many uh, how many authors or you know book authors or TV show, you know, or movies or whatever, actually imagine the universe, the world that they're depicting and everything. You know, whether or not it's like what's her name and something who does the Harry Potter series and imagining you know the whole Harry Potter magical world and that kind of stuff all the way to what is it? Gene Roddenberry and um, the Star Trek universe, you know, or Stan Lee, you know, is Stan Lee exit my universe and did he uh, take a side trip over to the Marvel universe? Is that his exit strategy and everything? See, I don't know. I mean, the more and more I'm digging into it, though, I'm particularly just basically. So what I'll do is I'll uh, pull up Grand Theft Auto. So um, it's the world that I'm uh, I'm depicting. Ah, I just accidentally pulled it up again. Now I have two versions. Luckily, my computer can handle it, but unluckily, I don't need it. Let's see if I can shut it down. No. Well, that was bizarre. Okay. So, anyways, um, I started thinking today about um about the movies. So, I'm actually just in in the process. So, I've made a. I'm trying to think, rethink media altogether. I already talked about that a little bit yesterday, but uh. Today I end up um, finishing up a new Miley Cyrus album cover. So Miley Cyrus in 2020, I'm going to have her releasing an album, and it's called um, Sex Robot. And I'm leveraging a photo that uh, of her. And that was actually the title of the last podcast was Miley Cyrus Sex Robot. And <laughs> it's kind of funny, I forgot to mention it altogether. But... I started thinking about what this world is. And uh, this world is, in a sense, it's not just sex, sexuality and nudity and that kind of stuff, but it's 
a lot of hidden things that go on and in a world that for all intents and purposes tries to do its best to make it look normal now i'm taking a um a clear left turn when it comes down to the sexuality and the nudity aspect of things you know by deviating it and uh taking it down that path but the whole thing is you know um my world is going to have terminator robots that have actually decided to quit war you know um it's going to have um you know and some some don't some just basically migrate here because they're studying you know the world for skynet for potential con conquering and everything um it's going to have um superheroes you know right out in the open and everything but the difference between you know the typical superheroes versus you know the superheroes that you might find or typical superheroes you might see on TV shows like Flash and Supergirl and that kind of stuff you're going to see <laughs> remarkably different costumes so and just to to really push it i ended up um finding melissa benowis email and um ended up uh, sending sending her agents emails basically explaining the project and more or less saying look you know i'd like to have some real world media you know based on supergirl and the media would be more or less you know promotional trailers and that kind of stuff for this nude and sex world and everything you know now i myself have some ideas but i'm soliciting you you know for these ideas just because I'm, i want to see if you have want to have input into this you know i'm gonna do it anyways you know it's it's a work of fiction it's a work of play and you know i may distribute this and if i do distribute it it's probably going to be distributed freely on torrents and everything so you know it's not like you know any joe blow can get a hold of it so so i ended up putting all this together and i actually said look you know um in order for me to leverage the material that uh, that you'd use for like a supergirl trailer for a tv show you know i want supergirl melissa benowitz to be stark naked you know um with a brand new uniform supergirl uniform you know it's going to be crotchless and you know it's <laughs> it's going to have the values of this universe which is certainly you know what we would consider perverse in our world but in that world it wouldn't be it's a matter of shifting the mindset and and teaching others to shift the mindset well i have no doubt that i'm going to get you know in a very predictable fashion i'm going to get this you can't be fucking serious you know response and everything you know it's it's kind of like the canned you know response where you shall listen to nothing unless it's going to be an obvious revenue generator you know and anybody that actually mentions something that you know it's profoundly different than anything that uh, we can mentally grasp or even consider or that might taint the image of our client well yeah i mean i have no doubt that that's going to be the response i can predict that response to a degree of accuracy of about 99.9% that's going to be the response you know but in the in the slim chance that they're going to pull an LO on me and actually respond you know and respond favorably i mean this is much different than LO you know to me but um i mean the fact of the matter is i'm going to do it anyways you know so i'm i like the idea i like supergirl you know but what i don't like is her violent um 
Superman, I want to be just like Superman, and my impression of Superman is beat the shit out of everybody all the time. You know, fight, 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 and everything. Well, I mean, that's why I'm including her in my world. It's just like she's going to have, you know, she's got a, an awesome body. If you haven't seen Homeland, you know, Melissa Benoist is almost naked in that. She's, you know, got panties on, you know, barely has panties on, that's about it. She's distributed, personally distributed her sex videos on the internet. You know, so, several of them, as a matter of fact. Her and Emma Watson both have been kind of prolific with sending out that stuff and everything. You know, so, when it comes down to these individuals, if I was able to actually talk to the individuals, I have absolutely no doubt they would say yes. You know, or they would consider it, deeply consider it. Um, you know, just what they, and I have no doubt that the caveat would be I don't distribute the, the images on the internet, which um, I would just, I would make it clear, I would have it inside the game world, but I would not distribute the images as images on the internet myself. So, you know, for me, it's just that type of thing. I may may have actually, may actually end up asking to forego that clause. It's just like, my internet's different than yours, you know, and that's kind of like the prom the premise I'm trying to portray here. In any case, um, I haven't thought that far ahead, you know, about the negotiations and possibilities and that kind of stuff, you know, because for me it's just basically it's a dude that's working on a fantasy project that, you know. Stiletto Susie and, you know, her world, you know, is going to be comprised of really funky things. You know, so one of the one of the sequences I've already thought about for this Leisure Suit Larry type game and everything is um, one of the actions. In Leisure Suit Larry, there's a couple actions that will result in insta-death. Um, and there's, you know, anything from when you walk off to the left side of the screen... When, from lefties, you walk into an alley. Doesn't matter when you do it, you will instantly die every time you walk there. Every time. There's just no way around it. You know, you will die every time. Um, if you walk into the street, boom, you'll die every time. A car comes by, nails you, you know, creams you. Every time. Now, I'm trying to do some things where I'm not trying to make it so where insta-death is a part of your character, you know, the woman's character. What I'm trying to do is actually make it so where the certain things will happen that will actually make it so where um, you, as a player, you've just killed a critical. Every character I'm going to have within it um, that you could interact with is going to be considered a crucial or critical character. And uh, if you say something, just the wrong thing to somebody... You know, um, what what happens is, in you know, one case, you'll actually a man will literally turn into a pile of a goo, of goo, literally turn into a pile of goo right there in front of you. You know, so when you ask him to fuck, which inevitably some somebody will, you know, hopefully. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm saying it, you know, just say, put it out there, ask the guy to fuck, you know, and. You know, literally, you know, the guy will turn to go. And as it turns out, you know, the dialogue will basically say, well, good job, Susie. You've you killed yet another one, you know, at this point, And I'm going to have a beam of light come shine on you, you know. And at this point, it's going to be an alien. And the whole recycle, the whole recycling of the woman, 
you know, so what happens with the male on Leisure Suit Larry is he ends up going into uh, the underground area. So basically his smashed up body or his beaten up body or whatever, his, you know, green dick dead body slides down underground and it ends up going through a process where all of a sudden it's thrown, his, that body is thrown in the trash. Another body is created. And at this point, this body is pushed up through the asphalt and everything, and boom, you're off on your merry way doing the journey like you just were before. You know, so it's almost like nothing ever happens. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a very uh, a similar weird set of uh, circumstances that's gonna occur, and uh, what what's gonna happen is so when you talk to somebody, and all of a sudden, you know, they turn to goo like this, and they're a critical character. Well. At this point, you know, you'll get a little message and everything, and all of a sudden a beam, a spotlight will shine on you from up above, and at that point your body will dematerialize, you'll rematerialize inside like a chair or something like that, and it's going to be a couple aliens that are probably, they're going to be doing some kind of mind wipe and everything, and at that point you're going to get, there's going to be a couple messages, I haven't thought the messages through, and at that point you're going to get rematerialized back at the at the spot that you were, only this time the guy that turned to goo that you said this to is now going to be there. So the whole thing you know, it's more or less, they're basically, you know, the sequences, are they fucking with your memories? Is it, is it aliens? And, you know, there's going to be a little quip in there about um, anal, anal sexual probes and everything. You know, was it just a dream or something like that? You know, because it, it's in this Grand Theft Auto fictional reality and everything. Well, I shouldn't say fictional, alternate reality. So, what I'm also going to do is uh, I'm going to have, on occasion, inside the Grand Theft Auto sequence itself, is I'm going to I'm going to figure out how to actually create a Supergirl. You know, so in this and uh, inside Grand Theft Auto, I'm going to have um, Supergirl is going to be flying around doing things on occasion. Now, I haven't really given any thought to this or anything like that, but what I'm going to have, there's a whole bunch of mods out there for pedestrian mods, and uh, a lot of them will let you turn the characters into uh, specific characters into superheroes. So what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to include superheroes and superhero backstories for this game and everything. Um, what I'm going to do specifically and everything, I don't know yet, but the one thing I, I immediately thought of was how cool would it be to you know have Supergirl actually stopping traffic accidents or something like that right in front of you. You know, so you're walking around inside this game world that uh, I've heavily modified and everything, and, um, you know, maybe, you know, rather than stopping traffic accidents, uh, you know, she goes through and, you know, there's an alien or something like that. Well, it's going to be probably one of the same aliens that, uh, that are being dealt with in Stiletto Susie and everything, but it's going to be a crossover. And that's the whole thing that I've been thinking, is just exercise my creative noggin and everything, and just imagine this as being a blended world. It's just basically the best of kind of like what I want, you know, where, you know, it's... It, it has its moments of ghetto, and it's it looks and feels um, very, very similar to my own world, you know. But there's there's this hidden, hidden layer underneath it 
that if you just learn how to scratch in just the right way, you can figure out that there's something there, that there's that there's people all around, you know, and that's actually what I intend on doing with this, is making, I, I don't know if I'm going to turn this into a, a completely separate skin and mod. Now, if you're not familiar with it, there's a game called Half-Life that came out years ago. Um, and um, Half-Life actually had modifications, numerous modifications, after they released their Source SDK to it. And Source SDK um, was just basically its C++ code, you know. So what they ended up doing was they ended up um, taking everything they had done and they had learned from basically ID Software and Doom and, you know, Quake and a lot of them and Unreal as well. And they just basically said, you know what? You know, we feel like we've done something great for the community when it comes down to building a separate engine. And they did. You know, so they ended up releasing it to the public and everything. Well, a lot of geeks out there ended up embracing it, you know. And uh, this this isn't unusual with the development community. You know, you, you give the development community free tools, you know, to be able to make access, you know, changes to things. And you'll be surprised, you know, on on what they what they end up uh, creating and everything. And to some degree, I have the sneaking suspicion this is exactly what Rockstar has done with, um, with Grand Theft Auto. The tools that I've seen and everything that manage some of this stuff, you know, the RPF files and that kind of stuff, and texture editors and that kind of stuff, it's all, you know, available to somebody like me. And um, it's all pretty free and easy to get. And every, it's all pretty easy to get. So here's what I'm thinking. It's just like, hey, if I actually make a full mod, I mean, I can change everything on Grand Theft Auto, everything, you know, so I can change the loading screens to, and I started doing that on my old uh, version that was actually on my older computer and everything. I started reskinning the screens and I started making like a corporatized type application. I just really wasn't that much into it. But now that I'm actually leveraging it from a gaming perspective, I'm all sitting here thinking, wow, you know, if I get into the scripting mechanisms and the event-based stuff, you know, um, I may not necessarily create a game, but I like the idea of creating a vibrant world that you can just visit, you know, that you can go check things out, that there's going to be um, entertainment sources, you know, that you have in this world that are going to be unlike any game that you've ever played before, you know, that... Um, I'm going to try to get real content from real people, you know, such as Melissa Benoist and her agents and Supergirl and that kind of stuff. And if I can find like a rated, rated X Supergirl leveraging the real Supergirl or something like that, you know, something that they put together that it's classy and sophisticated and fits my world. Um, it's not pornography, but it's definitely something that would be, you know, consistent with my world where... You know, I just uh, I learned that there's a Barbie coming out in 2020, featuring Margot Robbie and uh, Michael McHugh. And I just I started imagining, okay, normal Barbie I personally wouldn't see. So that's that was a question I asked. I mean, I'm looking for movies and everything that are going to be released over the next couple of years, 2021, 2020, and 2021. And what I'm starting to ask myself is, how would these movies look in this alternate reality? You know, so specifically, let's say every reality um, has a different 
different tone, a different feel to it. You know, um, they're not just historical deviances, you know, in most cases. In this case it is, you know, but those historical deviances um, could bring with it not just an alteration in timeline, but can also bring an alteration in values themselves and, and cultural values and, and cultural ethics as well. You know, so mine is based on, you know, the whole sexual revolution. Let's say back in, you know, the Vietnam War, you know, where basically they ended up having the whole protests with Woodstock and, um, you know, the anti-war protests and that kind of stuff ended up happening. And, you know, just basically this, this ended up continuing to the point that they won. The sexual revolution won. So in 1974, that's actually a part of my lore, in 1974, um, actually when's Woodstock? I haven't come up with specific dates yet. But 1974, the, the sexual revolution declared um, victory. And um, I, I'm going to create a history for this. Um, in the same way that a game like Fallout, you can actually go through the world and actually see, you know, the um, Fallout 4. You can read the lore and, and find out what happened in this world and everything. You know, and you can come to some really pretty weird conclusions if you actually go through the lore of Fallout 4, you know, and just learn that you know, there's a whole conspiracy about corporations that ended up segmenting the city, the city and uh, left it to the government to, and to some specific corporations to do testing on the population itself. And that's actually the whole event that, that actually created Boston and the whole um, nuclear fallout and that kind of stuff and everything was a big, huge chemical, biological, nuclear test to be done on the human population itself. That's actually Fallout 4 lore. So if you actually start reading what happened during the whole Fallout 4 event and everything, it's like, holy shit, that's actually a really interesting story. You know, it's, it's horrible, you know, to, to think that, uh, you know, that a government or a country or something like this could do this. But I also look at it like a story, you know, it's the same, it's the same kind of story that might be within my story as well. So in 1974, the sexual revolution won. All troops were withdrawn from Vietnam, and as a result, the military was, uh, was systematically, not dismantled, retasked. And at that point, it was actually leveraged because they ended up finding out back then some interesting information and everything, you know, about MK Ultra, you know, through some of the programs and everything that they ended up leveraging and turning around and saying, wait a second, you know, let's not look at this as evil, you know, because that's going to get into the same finger pointing that uh, the military has been doing since World War II. Instead, let's look at this as a, as a source to be able to shape the mindset of the, uh, of the population to our values, you know, to basically teach people and, you know, do it in a way that, uh, that isn't telling them what to think, you know, but basically letting them come to their conclusions and everything based on the media that we show them. They don't have to believe what we show them. They could turn the TV off any time that they want to. And, and that's what they do. 
and I end up systematically altering the entire cultural philosophy of the entire country and everything through media starting back in 1974. And um, what's, what's happened in, since 1974 is the development of what is a, you know, has become a sexually adventurous um, you know, naked reality and everything where basically people can do whatever they want to with or without their clothes on. You know, but when it comes down to violence, that's regarded the same way that our world regards, that my current world regards sexuality. Um, it's, well, I, no, it's not the same way. I mean, sexuality is still appreciated and everything, don't get me wrong. You know, but uh, the way that um, violence is regarded in that world, it's, uh, it's, it's bad. I mean, it's, you know, considered something that's just not good for, for people at all. And not only that, there's no entertainment whatsoever in it. And um, it just it's one of those things that, uh, you know, in general, it's just, it's an interesting world and everything. So anyways, um, so today I ended up finishing, finally, and I've got to tell you what a pain in the ass it is. So this is the first time I've really dug into the mods and actually seeing what they're doing and everything. And um, one of the first ones, I was having problems with the first uh, billboard that I made. The first time that I posted that, those images was the other day and everything. And um, I was having problems because uh, there's, when you, in three-dimensional imagery and that kind of stuff, there's a, uh, what the heck is this? Water torture. That's kind of weird. Um, hmm. Dang it. Lovely. I'll just shut down. All. There we go. So, anyway, so I made the American Imperial Tops, and um, I was having a problem narrowing it down. So I was trying to come up with a system, you know, over the last two days, especially today, of trying to actually being able to locate these uh the images that um you know for the billboards and everything you know and uh what was happening was um if i was really close to it the image was fine it was perfectly fine so it's a high resolution beautiful image and everything and you know i could get in and i could see both their pussies and you know it's very it's a very good image but the moment i got um what's the equivalent of, of being about 50 yards away um, at that point, it would start, it would dither out to the prior image that was there. So, what happens with um, with rendering is there's something called MIP maps. And uh, what a MIP map is, is basically an image has many, um, has a highest resolution. So, let's say you get a high resolution image of something. You take a high resolution image. Well, a MIP map just basically takes that image and reduces it roughly by the size of two. And uh, so if it's a 1024 by 1024 image, and these are pixels, mind you, um, then those 1024 by 1024 pixels would be, be reduced in a MIP map to a set of um, images based on the distance that you are away from that. And that's the image that actually gets displayed. So... 
So, and what the reason for doing this is basically conserving resources in memory, and uh, making it so where um, if you're really far away from something, well, you don't need a whole 1024 by 1024 image stored in memory, you know, because that can actually that takes up a lot of room in memory, particularly if you're, you know, you're you've got a lot of information that could be displayed on the screen and everything from buildings to um, cars moving around to whatever for graphical assets and everything. And then add on top of that the dynamic behavior, you know, so it could be birds flying, it could be the cars moving, it could be the lights changing, it could be the wind blowing and affecting trees, et cetera, et cetera. All of this takes computational power and everything. So um, what programmers have done, uh, you know, to reduce the amount of um, amount of information that needs to be stored dynamically, is to is to actually do this thing called mipmaps. And a mipmap lets you take an image and it lets you store one version in a 10 to 1024 by or whatever it is, you know, so the high-resolution format. Um, some of these images are 2048 by 10 by 2048. So that's, it, it depends. And, and the quality on the images are, pr are pretty damn good at the higher resolutions and everything. So anyways, as you get further away from that, so I'm, right now I'm looking at the billboard, and then I'm hitting the back arrow, arrow key. And as I hit that back arrow key, uh, I see the image, and right now I've fixed the problem. Um, but I see, you know, as I see the level of detail as I get closer and everything. And one of the things that the engine itself does is it puts the lights on the uh, the 3D model. It um, it puts the it's actually it's whoever did the model for this and got lazy and they ended up not putting the lights on the distant model and everything. We don't need to see the lights if you're, let's see, let's see how far this is. Yep, so right about there, I'm about 100 yards away and the lights on top of the, uh, on top of the, um, the billboard itself that light up the the uh, billboard literally disappear. Now this is because the model itself of that billboard um, also does a similar feature to the MIP maps. There's different resolutions of the model that are actually contained as well. So and just to explain, I'm I'm gonna keep on fixing on this uh, on the on the MIP map. So the MIP map stores. Uh, I've got it right here. The billboard is 1024. Um, no, actually, this one's a higher resolution. So I've got a 2048 by 1024. So what that what that means is 2048 bytes times 1024 bytes, which which is equivalent to uh, let's do the mental math about two uh, two meg in memory, you know, of uh, of information. You know, this is basically bytes that's actually stored. Well, that's a lot of that. I mean, you know, you add up a couple of those real quick, and you know, that's a lot of memory, real fast. Doesn't matter what machine you're using. So, what now? As I move away, and mind you, I've also got um, images, textures. This is what how what they're referred to as um, for a binko sign. I've got uh, my Miley Cyrus one that I created today off in the distance. I've got, and then I see all the, all the textures and everything of everything around. So the cars, the buildings, the trees, the ground, all this stuff has separate 
textures that are stored with and each one of these takes memory. Now as I move further and further away the quality, level of quality of that image degrades and then it reaches a certain point where I'm rendering this in three dimensions and everything, where I no longer need that full 2048 by 1024 image stored in memory because I'm sufficiently far away. So what happens is that memory is released by the process itself. And at that point, a lower resolution is stored. And this is called a mipmap. That lower resolution is already stored in a file picked up, you know, so sure you can do a conversion, but that's going to add some, you know, some computational weight in order to do that conversion. It's not going to, it, the conversion itself may not be pretty too. You know, you can get some artifacts in there. So that's why a MIP map is created. So that MIP map now um, is at 1024 by 512. So I get further and further away. And right about there, at about the 200 yard, now we're we're actually about half a mile out now. Um, you can see it uh, degrading in quality and everything. So we're now I'm about a mile away, and you can barely see it. There it is. So and the MIP maps basically it goes down. So 1024 by five by 512 um, to 512 by 256, and then 256 to 128 by 128. You know, and then 128 by by um, let's do the 64. You know, 64 by 32, and then so on and so on. You know, each one of these is actually stored inside the data on the disk itself. And, uh, you know, basically, this was part of the problem that I had was because the MIP maps on these images for these, these things are not stored in the same single location, because it's, it appears like the programmers of this hacked it, hacked this program together, <laughs> um, in a lot of cases, they actually put it directly on the models. Um, it's an exercise in madness trying to locate some of the images for this. So, my Miley Cyrus one. This is a, and this is actually what I'm saying is it's not an easy time. I I thought that there'd be a system, to, a method to the madness. You know that there'd be, you know, some kind of consistency and everything to it. Well, there isn't a whole lot of consistency. You know so. I've got a billboard on the side of a, um, it's a billboard style poster. And the poster itself, if you were to look at the poster in real life, it's maybe a hundred, um, about a hundred feet wide by about 200 feet tall. So it's a huge, it's one of the mammoth ones that it, that uh, does, it appears down in downtown Los Angeles. They've got a couple of them in downtown Los Angeles that are the size of buildings down there too. And uh, they're always advertising something new. So I thought, okay. You know, so the the American Tops was one that I created, but everything in this reality is going to show, you know, um, basically if you if it's going to have a human in it, you know, generally speaking, the human's going to be, you know, probably nude. So, you know, what I ended up happening happening was on this one was, I I ended up finding an awesome photo of Miley Cyrus. Now Miley Cyrus loves being naked absolutely loves being naked and uh, she has no qualms about doing basically anything I swear she's from this reality and uh, you see images of her on the internet where she's pissing where 
you know, she's getting laid where, I mean, the Alan Thick thing was just, that was like rated G fun that she has. The girl, I love her. She's awesome. You know, I love the personality. I love the goofy attitude. And I love the, the whole um, confidence, you know, she has in her, in her own body and everything. It's just like, hey, you know, I like being naked. I don't, I don't give a fuck what you think. I like being naked. And that's obvious with what she does. So she's got a pretty awesome photo that uh, she's staring up at the sky, you know, in it. And she's got this weird shit on her and everything. I'm just like, on, how can I use that image? You know, I'm sitting there thinking about how I can pair her, you know, pair, meaning P-A-I-R, her with, um, with an ad, a product ad or something like that. And she's like, no. Advertise a new a new album coming out, a new CD coming out for her. So what I did was I designed a um, a fictitious, at least in our world, um, in this world, it'll be real, you know, a a fictitious um, album CD that she's putting out, and uh, it's coming out um, in stores July 2020, and uh, the name of it is called Sex Robot, and has it's perfectly fitting for her pose you know so she's just basically sitting there with a vacant look on her face and you know she's at the whole you know command you know and she's like oh my god it worked out fucking perfectly so like i did with the other images yesterday i'll post this you know what i took this from you know the image that i took this from originally and then the uh the text that I added, and then some final images that'll actually uh, show how it looks in the um, the mods and everything. So, as I'm going through this, I'm trying to scout for location for righties. That's the uh, the equivalent of lefties and everything, and uh, just coming up with um, storylines and story plot ideas on where. Um, more or less on, on what this world looks like, and that's when I had the idea about the Supergirl thing today. It's just like, okay, if this world is some someplace I was going to live in, well, I'm going to want superheroes in it, too. You know, and I, I don't want the superheroes to constantly be trying to beat the shit out of everybody. I want them to be kind of like... They go to this place, they just go to hang out just to be themselves and, you know, they know they're not going to be judged there. They're going to they're gonna go there to have fun. They're going to go there, you know, because, you know, in their world, they may not uh, necessarily get laid as much as they want to because they're constantly doing hero shit. Or they might go to my world just basically say, hey, Q, let's fuck, you know? So, anyways, um... That can be kind of the fun, too. I mean, this is, my, after all, my fantasy, so fuck you if you don't like it. So, in any case, um, so I ended up uh, doing a little research today and found some movies. So I, the next thing that I was going to make modifications to was, uh, was tr I was looking for places to put TV shows, but then all of a sudden I thought, okay, let's do a movie instead. You know, so I looked for movies that are coming out, and uh, that's when I found Barbie. You know, Barbie in 2020. And there's a couple of movies I'm going to make ad posters for. And again, the movies that appear in these alternate realities are not one and the same as the movies that, that appear here in our reality. So what I'm trying to say with this is, let's say you have a, um, you know, you've got an X-Men um, 
what was it, The Last Stand, or what was the last one that came out? I can't remember. Avengers Affinity War. Now, Avengers Affinity, Infinity War, um, let's say at the same exact time in this alternate reality that I'm based on, you know, the sexual reality and everything, um, a another movie featuring the Avengers came out as well. Now, like our reality, it features all the Avengers and maybe some kind of cataclysmic event happens that basically decimates the entire population. You know, I mean, I'm going to have some consistency in between realities and the stories that are being told and everything. So, with this, um, what, what can I have? Well, maybe it could be like Infinity Love. You know, or infinite love, you know, so rather than infinity war, it's Avengers infinite love, you know, and it's just, you know, I'm trying to think of a way to put contrast in between the two worlds and everything, you know, so, and I don't know what the, what that poster would look like, because that's the way I'm looking at that is, I'm trying to think of future posters, so Barbie seemed perfect, because Barbie in my world, I am going to be honest with you, I don't look forward to Barbie, plain and simple. You know, um, I know the quality of the movies and how they're going to actually translate this to a movie. And I know they're going to bore me to fucking tears. You know, I know that they're going to introduce something that's going to make me and basically every fucking other person on this planet, you know, want to scream and run for the doors and just basically say, I can't believe I just paid for this. So I started thinking. What could entice me, me being the hard subject I am, to want to go see Barbie? That's a tough question. What could entice you to want to go see Barbie in the theaters? Okay, so they did one thing right in our reality. They got Margot Robbie. You know, but let's face it. Margot Robbie in a rated PG or, or a rated G or PG thing is going to be really, really fucking boring. You know, Suicide Squad, we didn't get get to see her enough as it was. You know, but the fact of the matter is, it's going to be really fucking boring. You know, particularly with, um, oh, who was it that was leading it before? They were trying to make her become Barbie. Um, I could see her face. Liv, wasn't Liv Tyler, but it's the other girl that's like her. In any case, I just, um, so Margot Robbie is in it. Now, what would make me go see Margot Robbie as as Barbie. So, the first thing is, get out of your mind porn. You know, that's not what I'm trying to introduce. Now, I created an ad which could be passed as porn, but you gotta remember, this is a sexual reality, but nudity is what's more norm rather than overt sexuality on posters and that kind of stuff, you know, so I might get lewd in some of the, you know, in some of the posters and everything, but that's going to be in the more ghetto areas, you know, I'm going to save the, the utter lewdness, you know, for movie posters and for, you know, for billboards and that kind of stuff for the ghetto areas, I'm going to keep the, the classier stuff, you know, that's uh, is going to be basically nude, and that's going to be contained, you know, within the, uh, within the primary areas and everything. Now, I'm, I'm not trying to strip away, you know, the hard sexuality and everything altogether from the nicer areas. I just have to find a good way 
to represent it where it doesn't it doesn't appear like it's uh, you know trashy that's the biggest thing I don't want it to appear trashy now I absolutely do want to include hardcore sex in the nicer areas so maybe you can help me out with this and send your energy my way on helping me come up with ways to present it hardcore sexuality on billboards and ads and that kind of stuff without it coming across as trashy so even this one that I created today it's definitely on that edge you know but um, I just you know it's I combined it with Barbie and I said okay you know let's put I found a fantastic image of Margot Robbie. It's almost like she posed for this one intentionally. Um, and uh, I ended up, you know, just basically it's her standing stark naked. She's got one hand, her left hand on her left left shoulder. And uh, she's got a leg up. And she's, like I said, she's stark naked. She's got a shaved pussy. But I ended up adding some pussy hair to make it uh, look better. And not only that, but because it's Barbie, I made it pink. You know, just for some fun and everything. Now the movie's being released by Sony Pictures, so I added a Sony Pictures logo to it, and I've got uh, the logos. I'm a so it's got Barbie in big letters on it, and above it to the left, I've got I'm a Barbie, and then below it to the girl, uh, it goes girl, and NA is above it, Barbie World. So if you've ever heard the song by Aqua, I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. Life is fan fantastic. If you're plastic, you can dress me here, undress me everywhere. You know, and that's the whole premise that I'm trying to present here with this. Barbie can get naked fucking anywhere. You know, so here we have somebody that's leaping to life, and that's the whole premise of this movie altogether, is this girl, she comes from a plastic world, and, and all of a sudden she finds herself alive and everything. Well, shit, let's have Marco Robbie appear stark naked, and it's just like, maybe she, you know, she appears like in a in a world like our world, where basically it's like, she, he can't do that. It's like, why the fuck not? I want to. Leave me the hell alone. I can go around without clothes if I want to. You know, so that's actually what I'm trying to present. And um, I have intentionally a digitized man that's uh, behind her. That's um, He's a computer-generated man. And I'm trying to basically disassociate her from her digital world that she came from. And this, you know, the man is supposed to be Ken in the background, and he's got, he's in his Barbie, or is his Ken doll pose. His hands are extended to the side and everything. And more or less, I'm trying to basically say, okay, if I can actually imagine a Barbie that I would go see, it would be about a woman, you know, who is a Barbie doll, literally a Barbie doll, you know, and all of a sudden she realizes that she's. You know, she's she's not that doll, or she, you know, that she was a doll, and that she's, you know, unbecoming that doll, and she's not sure where she belongs. She likes her simplistic world, she likes that plastic world and everything, you know, but there's something she likes about the outside world, and she's just trying to discover it and everything. It actually could be an interesting movie that way. That's what I started thinking. 
you know, but you have to do this in a realistic fashion. If if you ask me, Marco Robbie, every every dude wants to see naked anyways, you know. So why not play it up? Have her naked for the entire movie. Well, I know my my reality is not going to have the balls to do that, you know. That's where the Grand Theft Auto reality comes in. I know they would. You know, I know that. You know that would be that would be a pivotal plot point where Barbie just basically says, "I'm tired of people fucking dressing me." You know, and uh, at this point, she's just basically more interested in walking around without her clothes on, exploring the world and everything. So, anyways, that's what the poster is. You know, it's just basically it's a it's a Barbie for for. It's a Barbie for, you know, for the non, non-kitties. So, in any case, um, it's the first movie poster that, uh, that I've created for this game. And I have to say, I'm, again, pretty impressed with it. I mean, I'm drawing the fine line between making it not look like a, a porn, um, like a porn movie poster and everything... It's hard, you know, when you're when you're dealing with nudity and everything. Very hard, you know. So that's why I tried to, you know, really play it up. It's just like, you know, have her in a classy po- or have her appearing very classy. Um, pink pussy hair, you know, the whole CGI kin in the back and everything, and you know the the well done professionalism that I'm actually trying to have in the thing in the presence, you know, presentation and everything. You know, and, and while sure I can do the whole, you know, disclaimer and copyright notices down at the bottom of it to make it appear even more realistic, the amount of space that I'm left to with the 1024 by 512 image and everything just doesn't allow me to, to do that and make it actually look good. So I figured I'm just like, I'm going to keep the real estate that I've got and just basically focus on making a simplistic poster and everything. I'm actually kind of impressed with it. So with that poster and with the other one, I will post that again on my blog tomorrow um, as I post this uh, podcast and everything. But um, like I said, the biggest problem that I'm having with this altogether is um, understanding you know, how they ended up going about this. This is de facto reverse engineering of somebody else's work and everything. You know, and I've done this before, but I've never done it with three-dimensional design and that kind of stuff, and that's why it's really interesting. I'm finding out, you know, I had assumed that there'd be you know, some straightforward methods and ways that they've done things. And sure, they've done some things, you know, from a naming convention, you know, it's just like everything that's you know, that's in Hollywood is actually, they've got a, a folder specific to Hollywood called, well, basically it's a, there's a, the archive name is X64J, here's how intuitive the naming schemes are. Underneath it, there's a folder called Levels, underneath it, there's a folder called GTA. Now, mind you, there's literally hundreds of folders in here, too. Um, underneath it, there's a, a folder called Underscore City E, Stands for City East, right? And under, underneath that is a is a folder called Hollywood, and uh, this actually has the um, the information for Hollywood um, in the downtown area and everything. Um, and this there's a another another archive called HW1 underscore one two dot RPF, and in, inside that is a file. It's a texture file. 
HW1 underscore O2 underscore build plus 8 high, meaning high resolution. <coughs> and you could tell by the file size, it's 8,784 kilobytes. And uh, if you open it up, you actually, you'll find, or I found, this is where they've got all the uh, the movie um, the movie ads actually at that main theater and everything. So I've got basically five others to make. And um, what I'm probably going to do is just basically go through, I've got a list here of movies that are coming out in 20, 2020 and 2021. And um, of those movies, we end up having... Avengers is a, there's a new Avengers coming out then. Um, they've just been talking about announcing it, so I'm probably going to be doing uh, one for that. Um, Green Lantern Corps. I'm a huge fan of the previous Green Lantern. Um, I'm going to do a movie poster for Green Lantern Corps. Um, let's see. Barbie was just a fun one. That was an obvious one. I could just use Margot Ketter because I'm I mean, what what dude doesn't like Margot Margot uh, Margot Robbie Margot Kidder? Did I just say that? Um, and I'll probably so that's one two three. Barbie, Mar Avengers, Green Lantern car. Yeah, they have another one, Avatar two. I actually might do that one because it gives me the the opportunity to show some of the um, the creatures from Avatar 2 naked as well. You know, so what I'm trying to make it clear is is that the pervasiveness of nudity isn't restricted just to um, to humans, you know, but it's basically to everything. You know, so humans see, you know, at least in this reality, everything naked. That's considered normal by them. So, um... Avatar 2 is supposed to come out. Oh, the other one I thought could be fun, too. Fantasy Island. And this one, uh, so they've got... Oh, they're fucking this up in our world. A horror adaptation to popular 70s? No! See, I'm going to actually do do what's what it originally was. Let's just do a fantastic, uh, a fun version of it instead. So, in any case... <laughs> They're stupid. So, yeah, I'll definitely be doing a Fantasy Island. I'll come up with uh, something fun for that one as well. And that's the whole goal, is just basically starting to, you know, starting to make a left-hand turn, you know, from the, the stuff of our world. So I'm going to work on the movie posters periodically. It, that took an awful lot of damn time. I found the separate locations. The MIP maps aren't stored in all the same location. I had a really, really, really nasty problem with the Miley Cyrus one because the size of that one, um, there's many different levels of MIP maps and everything, and not one of them stored in the same location. Seriously, um, and I had to go through files and found out that you know some 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 are stored as two-dimensional images. Um, some are quite literally attached um, in you know to the building itself, and uh, you actually have to um, remove the model uh, from the file, make modifications to the model and at that point re-upload that model in order to make changes to the MIP map. And that's based on, you know, if you're basically a quarter mile away or something like that or more, which 
you know, I mean, to see it change back to what it was before, every time I started backing up and then backing up further, all of a sudden I'd see it change from Miley Cyrus to um, whatever the fuck it was before. Oh, Space Monkeys. It was Space Monkeys. And it's like, no, not fucking again. Don't change it to fucking Space Monkeys again. I'm tired of fucking Space Monkeys. Oh, my God. You know, seriously. So... And I thought I had the problem nipped, and then all of a sudden I ended up getting real far away. It was like a mile away. And the building, again, this thing is huge, but I'm a stickler for detail. And as I got further away, all of a sudden, boom, it changes again. It's like, oh, you fuckers, you did it to me again. You know, so I ended up having to go through and figure out which there was. I had gone through all the texture files at this point, and I knew it wasn't in a texture, particularly. With the naming scheme, I'd figured out how they're doing things and everything to know where it is. But then I had to figure out which specific model it was attached to, you know, and at that point it becomes a little bit harder. So, because you a model's in three dimensions, and you have to twist the model around and figure out which which model's which and everything. So, all this has actually been a pretty good exercise, though. Um, frustrating, absolutely. But uh, it's been a good exercise because I've gotten to see the conventions, the naming conventions used on... Um, you know, the folder organization. Um, there is a semblance of organization with this. It's It's not preferable or great, but it works. You know, I'll say that. It's uh, it's not totally clean, but it works, like I said. Um, so, as I'm diving into this, I mean, I ended up making, you know, modifications to the movie one pretty quick, and uh, particularly with all the problems I had with the Miley Cyrus one. And, uh, and then from there, once I fixed the Miley Cyrus one, I went through and, and fixed the American Apparel ones and found, found the models for that one pretty quick, too. So now that I've got three of these whipped out, I'll be able to uh, start going through it quicker. The only thing for me is just simple creativity. I'm not interested in putting content here just for the sake of content. I like the idea of exercising this, uh, this marketing muscle, you know, this... Uh, this marketing degree that I received back in uh, 2007 just flat out haven't applied. This is an opportunity for me to think about marketing from a very different perspective than I was taught about it. You know, before it was about products and product placements, the four P's, and, you know, basically the micro granule approach to marketing. Instead, I'm thinking about marketing from an entirely different approach. How is it I can actually reprogram or leverage media to program as a society? You know, to basically see the world in a way that I want them to see it. You know, and, and I've got to be absolutely consistent with the approach, but I've also got to be um, consistent, you know, to the point of, and also diverse at the same time. That's, that's the tough part for me, is coming up with diverse topics and diverse uh, ways of presenting and everything. You know, so I can't have a naked woman in every fucking ad. That's a cop-out, and that's going to get really boring real quick, right? You know, so I've still got to have some creativity with these things. You know, but what's that creativity going to entail and everything? You know, um, you know, I mean, it's, I mean, I'm sure it's going to, you know, leverage some of the same mechanisms that are used in my reality. You know, but uh, I want to be just distinctively different enough to actually 
show that there's a, a psychological difference that occurred in the development of the society and culture and everything over a longer period of time. And uh, I'm trying to simulate this, you know, through my own imagination. And it's just like, okay, how far can I take this? And what other kind of TV shows are there going to be? Well, that's what got me along, uh, thinking along the lines of the Supergirl thing. You know, it's just like, okay, you know, let's have some, some shows are going to cross over. So let's say CW is a great, um, is a network that actually does have crossover shows. So, so every, every single one of those shows, Supergirl, um, DC's Legends of Tomorrow, The Flash, um, Arrow, um, every single one of them, let's just say there's an equivalent, um, version of that show over in this alternate reality. Same characters, um, but the same. But there's there's slightly different stories, you know, and there's certainly different ethical and moral and, and you know, basically cultural values based on what they do, and certainly based on you know the clothes they wear and maybe some of the things that are shown, you know, when it comes down to the whole immature nature of the sexual relationships that you know that seem very childlike in my reality to probably a much more mature and probably much more, um, you know, much less prudish, you know, approach to it over in, a, over in this alternate reality, you know, so we're instead of, uh, you know, instead of, um, what is it, uh, Melissa Benoist flirting with, uh, with Jimmy and everything and in the office and they date briefly, you know, instead she's giving him a blowjob. You know, um, these are the kind of things that are going to be happening on the show and everything. You know, so it's just like, you know, I like the idea of of challenging. You know, this is actually what what's kind of critical for me and why I sent that message to Melissa. I like the idea of challenging the artists that might be create might be responsible for creating this content and everything come up with different ways to create their uh, to portray their material. And for me it's an it's an exercise in creativity. You know, if you think that you're truly creative in everything, try try thinking out of the box. You know, try not limiting yourself to the moral and ethical values that are superimposed on you by the by the you know by society around you. Try developing your own. And not only that, and and, and taking ownership of it rather than just basically doing what's expected to you by society and everything. Now, and that's why I give somebody like Melissa Benoist, um, you know, quite a few, quite a few um, actors and act actresses especially, kudos, you know, for what they've, what they've done, you know. Very quickly, a lot of them have just intentionally released stuff, you know, featuring them being naked and also their sex tapes and everything. You got some that don't, you know, that are, you know, very prudish about things, you know, so concerned about their image, and, and it's nothing wrong with that, you know, but you got a lot, particularly the modern generation, that are just like, hey, this is who I am, you know, it's just like, I'm a sexual creature, and I admire that, and that's actually why I ended up emailing her. It's just like, I admire the girl, I wouldn't mind having a night with her, maybe ten, you know, so maybe that kind of relationship could develop. Hey, this is my fantasy after all, right? Um, but let's say, at the very least, at least I've made the effort. I don't know if anything's ever going to come of this, and the way I look at it is it's just a fun exercise for my imagination.
you know, coming up with this Barbie poster and the whole concept for what a Barbie movie I would go see was actually kind of fun. It was fun finding a pink house, and at first I was going to leverage material from the Aqua, Aqua Barbie Girl, but it looks really dated, you know, and I wanted something higher resolution. There's actually a real Barbie house out there, so I leveraged that Barbie house. I ended up putting some filters on it, on the image, to make it even more vibrant and colorful, and I think it came out pretty well, you know, overall. And, um, yeah, so that's the goal. Now... As I do these other posters and everything, come up with new ideas, just like, eh, what else can I do? There's, I think this project's going to keep me busy for a couple years at least. I really don't want to monetize it either. I really can't. I mean, not legally. But I can certainly have some fun with it. How the fuck I'm going to make a living is beyond me. Oh well. Shit happens, right? So, anyways, with all that said, um, I've got a couple tools. I uh, just wanted to advertise. So, um, these are things that I, I as a developer use and things I ended up going through and just realizing it's just like, oh, there's another, here's the other movie. Um, Harry Potter and the Forbidden Magic. Somebody out there ended up putting together um, a wonderful poster with uh, Emma Watson on it and, uh, as Hermione. And uh, again, she's naked with the exception of just a little belt, which is perfect. And it's just like, I can take this thing literally, you know, as it is. And uh, with very little modification and everything, just basically say... Um, maybe Harry Potter and the Forbidden and the Forbidden Magic, and then put underneath that a subtitle: "The Story of Hermia of uh, Her Hermione." I think that's how she pronounces it. And um, you know, just basically a, a story about um, life from her perspective and everything. I thought that was pretty pretty awesome. So that's going to be another movie that uh, is occurring in this other reality, but it's not occurring in our reality. So. That's that's gonna be some of the fun. So it's what four? No, I need one more. So we got Avatar, Avatar two, Avengers, Green Lantern, Fantasy Island. Yeah, that's five. That's perfect. And uh, Harry Potter's cool. So, anyways, um. I ended up having to install a couple things today in order to be able to uh, do what I was wanting to do. And at first I thought about creating something called a data dictionary to help me trace down where things were. I was having a problem, like I said, trying to figure out where things, you know, where certain bitmaps, where certain textures were. The texture is the image itself. So I was having problems trying to find these two-dimensional textures in the, in the files and everything. And not only that, trying to find the relationship between them all. And um, I started thinking, okay, I'm going to create a data, data dictionary, which is going to allow me a quicker way to look it up and everything. And as I started typing this down... Um, I you know at first I was doing it in in something called Notepad plus plus. Now Notepad plus plus is one of the the basic tools that I as a developer have used off and on 
for probably at least 10 years. It's an open source program that allows me to make modifications to any kind of um, text-based file. And uh, the cool thing about it is I also keep notes in it and everything too. So when I close it, it actually saves the notes even if I haven't saved it. I'm sure I can use StickyPad, but StickyPad's kind of like, I don't have the capability to save things um, very easily within it. Um, StickyPad's simplistic to the point of oversimplicity. It has some features that I don't have. I can't zoom in on things. I can't, um, I can't modify XML and C++ and you know, some basic files like that and everything. That's what I like about Notepad++. It offers a versatility where, you know, things like regular Windows Notepad or Sticky Notes, um, it, it does both, you know, similar things that both do together in one package, so I don't have to leverage each one. I used to keep text files like that on my desktop, and I started using Notepad++ instead, and it works out pretty fucking fantastically. So I ended up um, having, a, this is my new machine, so I pulled that back down again today. Um, another one I've used for years is something called InfraNview. I-N-F-R-A-N, hold on. I always, I always misspell it. I-R-F-A-N, view. And what this is, it's an it's a image viewer. Now, Microsoft's have some standard out-of-the-box image viewers. Paintbrush is one. Another one's a new photo viewer that comes with uh, Windows 10. And uh, being completely sincere, these things are fucking obnoxious. You know, Paintbrush is, is okay, but it's like... It's like a paint by numbers. It doesn't offer any of the versatility that I want in, in an editor. So it defeats the purpose of actually being a a decent uh, a reason to keep to keep around as an editor so and usually I just want to whenever I want to pop up something I just want to look at an image real fast I want to see you know real as quickly as possible you know what an image is well that's where InfraView comes up you know it lets me double click on an image through a file association and everything and that file association will map to you know InfraView and at that point pop up InfraView and boom I could take a look at uh, with a recent plugin DDS file which is a uh, NVIDIA texture file with all the mipmaps and everything I could take a look at um, JPEGs GIFs I can take a look at um, you name it for image files, it uh, it pretty much supports them all, and it's it's strictly a viewer. So that's all. I mean, it does have some basic um, filtering and modification capabilities in it, but um, it's it it really is just more intended for a viewer, and that's where I absolutely you know say this is my one of my core tools that I've used over the last ten years. Um, hell, I think it's been longer than that, maybe even fifteen years. So it's a open source freeware program, and the dude that created it. If you're listening, thank you. You've really been a godsend to some of the things that you know, just making a difference in my life or making it really easy to look at images and everything. Um, another one um, that uh, that I use, um, I paid a couple times actually for Krill. And uh, Corel had a, um, they had a lifetime program and everything years back. And I bought, um, hell, I bought Paint Shop Pro all the way up until 2003. I kept buying. And uh, I had the, literally, the lifetime package and everything for it, where you get lifetime upgrades for free. Well, conveniently enough, they've lost my information. And then they forced, you know, started, uh, then, you know, they ended up, um, 
they lost my information when it came down to the upgrades and everything. And then, to make matters worse, they ended up uh, basically archiving all their older, older versions of the program as of, I think it was about 2008 or something like that. So I couldn't even access, whenever I got a new machine, I couldn't even access the newer versions of Corel or the older versions of Corel that I had. So I pirate, you know, and uh, and I, the way I look at it is I paid Corel um, over the course of my life probably at least about $1,500, maybe even more. Now for a simple, you know, for simple editing tools, you know what, I do appreciate it, guys. Absolutely. And if I had the money, I'd be paying for it right now. You know, but the fact of the matter is I don't. And um, at this point, you know, I'm not that happy with one thing that you that you guys have changed dramatically, which is your customer service. You know, particularly for somebody that supplied, you know, supplied you a great deal of your revenue. You know, through my use and through my <laughs> advocating, you know, your product and everything. Personally, I prefer it over Photoshop. Absolutely prefer it. Now, Photoshop does some things that uh, PaintShop Pro doesn't, but most of the time, you know, PaintShop Pro does it so much easier and so much more intuitive to me. So, in any case, for my photo editing, um, whether or not, you know, and that's actually what I ended up doing, all the changes for these uh, images, you know, the Margot Robbie thing, all the way to um, just basically everything. Um, that's what I used uh, was Corel PaintShop Pro 2018. So... Um, I'm suspecting some dudes that work internally there ended up distributing this. Um, no matter who did, thank you. I'm just going to say that, you know, make that very clear. I appreciate all the work you guys have put into this wonderful, wonderful product. Um, I've loved Corel Paint Shop Pro since it first came out. Loved it. Just flat out fucking love it. It's easily one of my favorite projects, um, you know, when it comes down to image manipulation and just, I mean, it, it's taught me so much about what I know about uh, imagery altogether. So, anyways, um, that's just one of my favorite tools. So, if you're into wanting to understand how to manipulate images, how photos are manipulated by media sources and everything, um, you know, what it means to Photoshop something, how you can superimpose images one on top of the other, um, all the things that I've done with the images that I've sent out and everything, this is, how, this is the tool that I use for it. So... To review the files, I use Infraview, you know, to pop it up real fast, because Corel Paint Shop Pro, it, uh, it's a little bit bulky starting up, but uh, it's worth it once you do start it up and everything. And it just allows you to make, make modifications to clone, a clone tool, does all kinds of different things, eraser, um, cropping, all the way to freehand selection, magic wands, and that kind of stuff. So you can actually select the RGB colors by value, and yada, yada, yada. So, anyways, that's one other thing that I use prolifically, and not just in modification of games or anything like that, but basically, you know, making modifications to my own imagery and that kind of stuff. I haven't had a, f you know, a habit of uh, doing Photoshopping of, of any of my own photos, my travels, for instance, um, some people have, uh, have actually accused me of uh, photoshopping myself into the places that I've been to, and I say that's bullshit. I've been to every place I've uh, photoshopped, or I've, um, I was just about to say, I've been to every place I photoshopped. No, I have actually been to every place, and it's not photoshopped. 
So I've got this wonderful image of uh, Rihanna staring at me butt naked. Oh, I would love to have a night with her too. Um, so with that said, um, the other one is, you know what, Windows 11, Windows 10, and the other set of tools, I was uh, breaking out with um, the spreadsheet with uh, Microsoft Excel and everything. And as much as people try to bash on Microsoft, um, all I can say is shut the fuck up. You know, I've loved Microsoft and have loved them ever since they put out their first software, put out DOS way back when, and then made Windows 3.1, and then made Windows 95, and made games, you know, made it possible to put games on these things, etc., etc., etc. And uh, the Office suite of products, while I'm not happy at all with Microsoft's um, abandoning of lifetime customers who had universal access to their systems and their software and that kind of stuff, that was pretty shady if you ask me. I had a lifetime subscription um, to something called Microsoft, uh, to Microsoft Developers Network. And... Um, about uh, about five years ago, they ended up phasing out that website. They ended up shifting over to a new website. Well, in the process, uh, they were quote-unquote calling it an upgrade for their existing customers, but at the same time, us existing customers ended up getting everything that we had stripped away from us for access. So I was then considered a basic customer, and I was then told that I would have to pay in order to in order to get the uh, you know to get the access to the things that I had before. Luckily, I had actually printed out the entire key set and key list and everything for everything that I had, you know. But uh, it was one of those things that I thought, you know, I don't like the new management and the w way things are going for uh, for Microsoft and everything. However. This doesn't mean I don't like their products. So I've got Microsoft Word. Um, I just installed today um, Word, Excel, Access, all the tools that I do use on a regular basis. So Word is you know my preference of choice. Um, Excel and that kind of stuff. And Excel is what I was uh, starting to dive into to create that data dictionary to actually have a mapping of um, of the files that I was going to use within. Uh, within um, Grand Theft Auto. But instead, I started realizing as I was diving into it and starting to write this out, it's just like, you know what? I'm not translating this to anybody but me, you know, and in order for me to find something, it's going to take more time to look at my data map than it would if I was to actually dive down and understand and just commit the structure to memory. You know, and especially as I was going through and realizing the problems I was having trying to find the Miley Cyrus stuff, it's just like, okay, what files that in? You know, well, I mean, there's no way for me to organize it externally that's going to make any more sense than the way they've done it. You know, like I said, it's, you know, this information, there's so much information here. You know, they've got uh, texture files, and they've got mappings to, um, you know, to to each of these, you know, through something, what are they called? They've got a different name for it. But uh, they have all these different files and everything with all these different possibilities. And it's just like, okay, well, 
Shit, hold on a second. Save. So, they've got, uh, yeah, all these different, uh, all these different files. Um, they call them drawable objects, so these are the three-dimensional objects and everything. They've got collision maps. They've got, um, and that basically says where your character runs into something, it, um, it will actually collide with it and be, and basically resistance will occur and you won't be able to go any further. Um, they've got XML files, which actually are data mappings, data correlations. So for movement and that kind of stuff, it actually dictates the movements and, you know, in some cases, the pedestrian dialogue and some events. I haven't even dove into the XML type stuff yet, but uh, I'm sure I'm going to get there with the way I'm going with things. So... I just, um, you know, when it came down to it, I just realized that uh, even though Excel is my tool of choice for actually creating data dictionaries, and uh, I ended up downloading and installing that stuff just because it's, you know, I still enjoy having those tools on, you know, the fact is I'm not going to use it for this, you know, I ended up saying, okay, well, I've already, I tried doing a second, and once I started diving into trying to locate the third, just like, no, you know what, just pay attention to the data structure, you know, and just basically learn my way around. You know, understand how they've done the mappings internally. You know, and uh, once I I get used to it and get get accustomed to it, I'll be able be able to remember it. I've got to, I've got mad faith in myself. So, in any case, um, I think that's about it for the primary. I guess you could say mod development tools that I'm using. Now, the last one that I'm using for true development is uh, Visual Studio 2010, and uh, this is what I'm using for Stiletto Susie, and I'm using this to actually create my uh, C Sharp project. Um, and that's, you know, so basically it compiles to an executable code and everything. And uh, I, I'll also be using it to create uh, mods within the, uh, the Grand Theft Auto structure. So you can actually create something called an ASI, and the ASI is a plugin that allows you to interact with um, Grand Theft Auto uh, in much the same way that you would a plugin for a skin. So that's um, that's something I I installed pretty quickly as Visual Studio 2010. So that's about it for the primary tools that I use, and I don't know. Looking through other things, I don't see anything else I've installed here, but uh, I think these are the things I consider primary. Now, I ended up installing OBS Studio. Um, OBS Studio allows me to actually do a relay and uh, capture screen captures and capturing of uh, a voice and everything. So I can actually stream it to Twitch, and I did stream a couple videos of uh, of just basically me hanging out in uh, Grand Theft Auto to Twitch. Nothing fancy or anything like that. I'm not like other broadcasters. I just like don't give a fuck. So in any case, on um, yeah, that's about it. Um, As far as uh, tomorrow is concerned, I'm going to be going to the um, welfare office to uh, sign up for state benefits in this area. Seeing as I can't check in on a regular basis, my benefits from California are going to get discontinued pretty quick. And 
so I need to reinstate them here so I actually have money for food, you know, to help out with the family and everything. And my brother's taking me there and we've got to go over to Home Depot to, uh, he's been doing the tile in here or the uh, flooring. So they've actually, my mom and dad just put new wood, wood flooring throughout their place. And I have to admit, it actually looks pretty phenomenal. I like thinking that my being here is influencing the state of affairs here in this household. I've already chastised my mom and dad for leaving dirty dirty dishes in the sink and everything. It's kind of funny. Spending years as a homeless guy has just actually made me really kind of anal clean. I mean, every morning I get up and I take a shower even though I'm still in the house. You know, so the way I look at it is hopefully I can instill in my mom and dad, you know, a sense of caring about themselves too. You know, I mean, they're older. You know, so I just, um, I like the idea of making sure they don't fall apart as they get older, you know, and uh, I love them too much. And I'm glad I'm here, without hesitation. It was kind of cool um, today, earlier. Um, I made dinner last night. I've been making dinner quite a bit and everything, but uh, last two nights I made my goulash. I've got a, uh, a mushroom and um, cream, sour cream and... Basically, it's a recipe my ex-wife Donna, my first ex-wife, taught me. It um, yeah, it's just basically it's uh, egg noodles. It's uh, so it's eight ounces of egg noodles, a can of uh, cream of mushroom soup, an eight-ounce thing of um, might be sixteen ounces of noodles. It's it's just basically it's a half of the small pack. You could put the whole thing in if you like, if you like a lot of noodles and everything. But uh, it's a, you know, it's a, one of the small cans of Campbell's uh, cream of mushroom soup, an eight ounce thing of sour cream. Get good quality sour cream if you're going to do this. And um, on top of that, um, I also like mixing in garlic salt and uh, a little bit of lemon pepper in it, or just at the very least, if you don't have lemon pepper, putting pepper in it. And uh, just basically heating it up, um, also taking a pound of hamburger or the meat of your choice. I think you can do this with, with a, uh, a good solid um, tofu if you want to, too. Tofu would actually taste pretty good with it. And uh, you take it on, you cook, uh, cook the meat or whatever meat product that you have off to the side. You, you know cook the noodles and you mix it all together and it creates a goulash and personally I, I think it's pretty awesome and uh, my dad was pretty impressed by it too and as was my mom so I made a huge huge batch of it, it was two no three nights ago and uh, that actually served as leftovers for the next night so last night I ended up making for the first time a um, chicken alfredo and uh, my dad, his only uh, thing, that his only request was, make sure you cut up the chicken really fine because my dentures. And I'm just like, okay. So I ended up uh, cutting it up really fine and, you know, kind of almost the same recipe. It was, uh, I ended up taking some ragu chicken alfredo mix, which out of the box it was okay. I mean, it wasn't that good. But uh, I ended up taking, uh, mixing a whole bunch of butter in with it, put some pepper in with it, and... Uh, and did the same thing with the noodles and took the chicken and mixed it up with it. And it actually came out pretty good. And um, as I'm sitting there watching my, you know, just basically silently watching my dad eat and everything, I'm just like, I'm realizing I've never done this before. 
You know, I used to make dinner on occasion for friends or something like that, but I've never had people depend on me, you know, and made dinner for a family or something like that. It's really weird. You know, it's, um, I mean, I've made dinner for, you know, friends and for exes and that kind of stuff, but it was one of those things that it really wasn't uh, consistent or anything like that. And it was just like, it wasn't, you know, it was just, it's just weird. You know, so if you've got a family or something like that, I mean, I'm, I'm still young. That's the way I look at it. But I've never had family before like that. Never had, you know, I mean, just like my own dad, just, you know, that was really good. I liked it. You know, my dad, he's a tough person to please and everything, but it was just kind of cool. So, I don't know. It's putting things in perspective. And it's also making me realize... I did distance myself away from my family a lot over the years. As I've gotten older and everything, I've gotten to the point where I guess I appreciate them more. You know, it's easier. I've gotten thick skin big time, you know, with uh, being homeless and everything. And, hell, with the time I've spent overseas and that kind of stuff. And it's just being here now. It's just like, uh, Dad starts bitching, I just put in the headset. You know, I know that he doesn't really have anything he's trying to say. He just likes being heard. You know, but the way I look at it is, if your idea of wanting to be heard is making others feel like shit around you around all the time and everything, I'm just not going to listen to it. Now, doesn't mean I'm not listening. But what it does mean is, I'm not going to listen to your shit. It's kind of, I don't know, I'd never really thought like this. I'd always thought that uh, before, if I wasn't listening actively, it means I wasn't caring. And that's bullshit. I can passively listen. And when you have something to say, I'll hear it. But when you don't have something to say, then all you're going to do is bitch and complain... Well, I let you bitch and complain, but the only one that's going to hear is going to be you. And that's kind of the benefit of having a one ear that's almost deaf. I put the headset in one ear. It's kind of funny. I can't hear jack shit out of the right ear. So I think he thinks I'm listening. Doesn't matter, you know. Anyways, perspective and family, right? Um, yeah, I think that's it for tonight. As usual, thank you for listening and all that junk. Take care.